Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. The other bit of magic that they have going on is sort of makes some of that a little less relevant, especially if you're somebody that's going to use Publisher a lot. Uh, the Publisher application has what's called personas. When you tap the persona icon, it lets you choose designer and photo. So uh, you can select it in Publisher and then tap the uh, persona icon, switch over to designer and edit it as though you had moved over to the designer app. Sort of Publisher becomes designer as needed and has all of the features that are in designer. Welcome back to another episode of Out of Pros. We're joined today by Denny from BeardyGuyCreative.com to dive into all of the Affinity 2.0 apps. Serif, the makers of Affinity Designer, Photo, and Publisher, have announced version 2 is now out for all of their platforms, including iPad, Mac, and Windows. And best of all, there is a universal license you can buy once, use everywhere, and they're really awesome apps. And along with this announcement, we got Publisher on the iPad. This is page layout. This is a brand new tool that's not really been on the iPad before Publisher. So this is a really exciting moment for iPad to have this new workflow open up for us iPad users. So to dive into all these announcements uh, is Denny, who was on episode 30 of this podcast when uh, we initially got the Affinity apps for iPad. This was back in August of 2018 uh, when we uh, started to dive into the original Affinity Photo and Designer for iPad. So check out episode 30 if you haven't heard that one. But I'm very excited to dive into all the Affinity updates uh, with today's episode. As a reminder, you can support this podcast over at patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Every single dollar goes a really, really long way and is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you so much if you have in the past or currently support the show. It is greatly appreciated. With that, here's my discussion with Denny all about Affinity version 2.0. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Denny. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. So when you were last on, it was August of 2018. So it's been a good four oh, yeah. years. It's been a... Yeah, yeah. Lots happened. <laughs> it has. And I'm trying to remember back. I believe when you were on last, that's kind of when Designer came out for iPad. Is that accurate? Yeah, I be- that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we are coming back together once again with uh, major affinity news and uh, discussion today as version two of all their apps have been released uh, across Windows, Mac, and iPad. Yeah, yep, very exciting. So uh, before we dive into all that, can you, for those that haven't listened to episode 30, and I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to that one, it's a good one. But uh, can you kind of introduce, you know, your background and what what your role, what the iPad's role in your life is, and all that? Sure. Yeah i I transitioned to the iPad back around 2016 and 17 is when I really just sort of gradually stopped using my my Mac laptop, and after a while, I realized I wasn't using it at all, and so I sold it to a family member. Um, 
but it was, you know, it became over time, it became my primary computer. Um, I do website development uh, and management through the iPad and using my primary app there is Textastic, which has a built in FTP uh, server. For web and, development? Uh, yeah, I yep. do all, basically, I do it all by hand. Um, I've kind of been doing it for a long time, so I'm old school that way. I don't. I don't do uh, do any of the new stuff really, I, and most of my clients are small uh, small nonprofits and small businesses. So the hand coding everything has worked really well, and, and the iPad has been great for that. And then uh, along with that work, of course, you've got graphic graphic work that comes with that. And so my graphic design work sort of started with 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 website uh, needs. And over time, that transitioned to doing uh, print stuff, uh, brochures, newsletters, uh, annual reports, uh, basically anything and everything. And uh, that also began to transition for me to the iPad. Uh, as I moved over, I was finding apps at the time. You know, there were, I forget now what the apps were, the early apps that I used. Uh, but Designer came on board pretty quickly in that time period. And that's what I... Designer and Photo are the two apps from Affinity that I, I really used. They were my primary iPad workhorses. And they had been on the Mac, so I was familiar with the Mac versions. Uh, it was a very easy transition to the iPad versions of those apps. Excellent. Yeah. Um, very cool. And what's your current setup these days? Uh, I, I went ahead and, and uh, got the M1 iPad. I had someone in the family that wanted my, my 2018 iPad. So I went ahead and, and updated. Probably didn't need to, but I was glad that I did when they announced Stage Manager. Um, so that's my my iPad, and I've got a Magic Keyboard. Though I've I've actually found lately that um, I've been really happy using Moft has a case, and they have a series of different um, accessories for the, the the iPad that go kind of work with the case. Um, and one of those is like a, uh, a stand that attaches magnetically. And that has been really probably of all the accessories I've used for the iPad. That's been my favorite, uh, of various stands and various cases, because the case is thin enough that you can pop it onto your magic keyboard. Um, and it will continue working with that. Really? And yeah, and it, it's, huh. it's fairly strong there. Um, uh, it won't close though, I'd imagine, right? Well, you know, it does, okay. and, and that's actually, I'm using the original uh, Magic Keyboard that's, you know, not just a hair, a smidge, thin, you know, not as, it's not adjusted for the M1, right? Uh, but it's it's been fine, even with that little thin case on there. It it'll probably stretches it a little bit, mm -hmm. but it hasn't caused any issues. Um, and then they have this, this magnetic stand that has been really nice for using it in tablet mode. Which I find I'm actually using it in tablet mode a lot more because of this stand. It allows me to uh, configure it in all sorts of different arrangements. When I'm lounging around on the couch, I can pop it on a on, on my lap on a pillow, and I can flip it. It does these different angles where you can flip it around and you can hold it. It almost it's like a nice handle. Um, so I'm actually finding I'm using it a lot more without a keyboard, which is unusual for me. I've always kept my iPad in the keyboard, um, or most of the time. And it comes into play a little bit with these affinity apps as well because it's it just it's interesting now that I've I've gotten in the habit of using the iPad without a keyboard and, and the, the magic trackpad, I'm doing more by my by hand and it uh it works pretty well with the affinity stuff. 
Very cool. Yeah, and the Apple Pencil, is that something you use much of? Yeah, I have the pencil and I I'm I'm using that more as well. I think because I'm using the the iPad and tablet mode more mm-hmm. often. Uh it's funny how just one accessory can change the way you use something, but it it's really had an impact uh the stand has. But uh, yeah, so the Apple Pencil is something I use. Um and I use it I tend to use it with certain apps more than other apps. You know, there are times yeah. when I I may go days with I don't when I don't touch it. Uh, but then if I have something, uh, if I, when, when, if I get a project that requires one of the affinity apps, I'm much more likely to use that. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, anything else yeah. before we dive into affinity? Uh, that probably covers it. Okay. So affinity for those that aren't up to what they do, uh, they've had photo for the longest time. That was the original app and it's a Photoshop replacement. Then they released designer, which is in uh what's the adobe uh kind of part of that one illustrator yep illustrator and then they had mm-hmm. publisher of the mac for the longest time here uh, many years mm-hmm. uh and that's kind of the indesign replacement right and um we've been waiting for publisher to come to ipad and it finally has with version two uh and this is yeah. the one i've been most eager to to see come over because i you know, page layout is something which is what InDesign does and Publisher does is something that I do a fair bit of just in everyday, you know, um, I want to say life, but yeah, it's the most, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing that I, I was most eager to see brought over. Yeah, yeah, I, I was super excited to have it. It's, that was the only thing I was going back to my Mac for was, was Affinity Publisher and uh, I had previously, I've, you know, in the past, I used Apple Pages quite a bit. Um, as you can do so much with Pages. It has some some uh, limitations, but I, I really got uh, proficient at using it, to, you know, to its maximum. Um, but it's not as powerful as InDesign or, or Publisher. And so it's really been nice just... I, I expect I've only used Publisher for a day, but I imported some of my previous projects from my Mac, and it's going to be really nice to be able to do it all. Yeah, do it all there. And uh, the launch that's going on now—it's forty percent off everything. And it's interesting. Uh, so these are brand new apps. If you have Photo version one or Designer version one on iPad, you'll have to download these as new SKUs. Your old apps will continue to work. But uh, right. they have kind of a new model here where you can purchase them outright uh, on the App Store for currently 12 bucks each. Uh, it'll end up being 20 when the introduction is done. So $36 right. for all three of these. Or if you are someone that does want to use the desktop components, either Windows or Mac, uh, you can uh, purchase right now for $99 uh, a universal license. So on the iPad, what that looks like is you're logging into your Affinity account to unlocking these, which is really cool that that's actually a thing. Um, I guess the reason Apple lets this happen is you can buy the $99 license through in-app purchase as well. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there it, it all seems to be going through in-app purchase. And it my my purchase yesterday was flawless. Like I just, you know, tapped tapped universal and it just was you know there was no waiting uh, well, no yeah problem at you all. could also you can also just through their website buy the universal license as well there oh okay nice and it's marked down That's from awesome. 170 so um yeah 
And and the whole account thing's interesting because they also have, if you notice on their website, this add-ons area. And now that there's like yeah. a more, they've had accounts before, but it seems like the accounts are more of a thing now. You can purchase these add-ons on the Infinity's website for brushes and other things that yeah. are worked across all your Affinity apps. Yeah, they have a whole marketplace that's been developing for for several years now, and it's there. There's a, a lot to choose from. Yeah, yep, and and they work most, if not everything, I think works across all the different apps. So the brushes work across, uh, you know, publisher, designer, photo, um, textures, all of it. So that's that's super nice. Yeah, and something just the something I guess curious about the apps is. They do kind of play very nicely together. Like you can start one place, move stuff into the other. Can you speak a bit about the um, that whole process? Like if I need to like do some photo touching and then bring that into Publisher, what's that process like? Yeah, it's it is really what they have done. I think is sort of magical. Um, so you could start, uh, let's say, on your Mac with a an Affinity file. Uh, and then open that Affinity file up on your iPad or in the Affinity app on the iPad. Or you can open that file up in Publisher on the iPad. Or you can open up, you can start a Publisher file on your iPad and then later on open it up on the Mac. And the. So it's a single file format across all three apps. Yeah. Yes, all three apps will see the files as compatible. So they're technically they have a different. Uh, I believe they all have their own abbreviation, their own uh, um, file name type. But they the apps open them all interchangeably, and there's no conversion or anything like that. They just they see the the different files as as basically being the same. And so you can move between Mac, Windows, and iPad seamlessly between the different apps. And then the other bit of magic that they have going on is sort of makes some of that a little less relevant, especially if you're somebody that's going to use Publisher a lot. Uh, the Publisher f- application has what's called personas. Well, the other apps have personas too, but they function slightly differently. With with Publisher, the persona uh, lets you move between your, you stay in the publisher app, but when you tap the persona icon, it lets you choose designer and photo. So if you have chosen, uh, let's say you have imported some sort of designer file into your project, you know, uh, it might be a, a graphic of some sort, uh, you can select it in publisher and then tap the uh, persona icon, switch over to designer and edit it as though you had moved over to the designer app sort of publisher becomes designer as needed and has all of the features that are in designer. Um, so or, all the, like the tool panels, those swap out. Yeah, they swap out uh, to match what you would see if you had actually switched to the designer app. So then you can work in that in that file, making all the changes you need to make. And then when you're done, you don't there's no saving or no anything. You basically just tap back to the, the icon for personas and you switch back to publisher and you're there and you basically didn't have to do anything other than that that tap to switch over and tap to switch back. And the same thing applies for the photo. 
uh, application, you can hop over and let's say you've imported a raw file mm-hmm. or some other, you know, just a JPEG or whatever that you need to make some modifications to, or maybe, uh, maybe it was a more complicated, uh, you know, maybe not just a picture, but maybe it was an, a, uh, a graphical type design where you used, uh, let's say that, you know, a mesh, um, and you just hop over to photo and, and go in and, and make the changes and then hop back to publisher and it's, it's there waiting for you. By hop over, are you talking about the persona again or the actual app? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you hop over via the persona. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you're not switching apps. And it's it's really, now you do have to, in order for that to work, you do have to purchase all the apps. Okay, it so won't this work. is based on the account thing. So you log yeah. in your, so you create a free account after you purchase these on the app store. And it kind of mm-hmm. links all these under your, your um, ID for affinity. So once you do mm-hmm. that, you have the ability to do these personas. It's not just like buy one and get all three for free. Right. Yeah, you have to purchase. In order to use the the different personas, you have to purchase publisher, photos, and designer um, on the iPad okay. um, to use all those apps in the iPad. And if you want to do the same thing, if you make the universal purchase, then you know by default, uh, that universal purchase lets you download and use the Mac apps too. So if you've downloaded those and you want to hop over and do some work on a Mac, then same thing applies. Uh, as long as you have the applications uh, installed, it it lets you hop between the personas. There must be a frame. There must be something within the apps where it's actually it's not opening the other apps, but it's it's using the something the framework there. Yeah, because the UI is very similar across all three. I must say it's different tool sets, of course, but it, it feels like there it's one language you're learning. Yeah, there's there's a lot of crossover. So like a lot of what you're doing in Publisher, uh, you can just edit right in Publisher. Um, so if you've got a designer file in Publisher, um, you know you can hop into it and make changes right in Publisher without switching to the the designer uh, persona. If you know, depending on on what you need to do. If you've got there are some features in Designer and some features in Photo that are specific to those apps that aren't all included in Publisher. But like HDR stacking tw- probably isn't a thing you can do within Publisher. Right. Yeah, right. The, the Publisher has a subset of those tools, and it's got like the most commonly used tools uh, built right in. But yeah, so some of the specialty stuff you then need to hop over to the, the via the persona to the more uh, specific tool set. And if you're gearing a project to be the final output as a publisher page layout thing, you should probably start there. And like with the photo, if you're aiming to have a photo, you know, finalized, you should probably start in photo. Is that kind of the mindset of where to start each file? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I do it. You know, if I if I know I'm going to be doing a multi-page document, like say a, a newsletter or an annual report that's going to be two, three, four pages or more, then I'm going to start with publisher. Um, and more, more than likely, that's going to let me do almost everything I need to do. If I'm doing specific things that, you know, if I'm editing a photo, then I'm going to start with photo. And if I'm focusing on creating a, a, a maybe a single page uh, flyer or poster, then I'll start with designer and and that tool set is likely to cover me for almost everything I need, you know, for that kind of document. And if it, if it something changes, uh, then I need to hop over to one of the different apps, then I can do that, you know, and I can open it up and or import it into Publisher or whatever. But yeah, so you kind of 
kind of know what you're doing beforehand. And just what's great is you know that if you need to transition to one of the other apps, you can. Excellent. And um, do they do any kind of file storage things? Like if I'm working on the Windows version for whatever reason, uh, how do I get those files over there easily? Uh, What you would do is uh, basically, you know, like when I'm on my iPad... I can ease, and I don't have a Windows computer here, but I'm I'm fairly certain this would work. Um, the Files app lets me browse my. Assuming I have file sharing turned on my Mac, I can I can hop over and and grab stuff off of the Mac using file sharing um, via the Files app. Uh, and I believe the same thing applies to Windows. If you have uh, file sharing turned on with Windows, uh, you should be able to access everything through the Files app. I know there are third party, plenty of third party apps that will let you browse a Windows machine, um, like uh, File FE File Explorer will let you do that, and uh, there's one called File Browser. So you could do it that way, um, and you know, just through a network connection. And then there's an option in uh, the Affinity apps to open or import a file from another computer. Uh, if you import it, it brings in the file and it, it creates a local copy that you can work with and it leaves the network file alone. If you open it, instead of importing it, if you open it, any changes you make on the iPad will save back to that original uh, file on the other device. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. And as far as uh, the individual apps, do you want to start with Designer or where do you want to um, start? Well, the the two that I've 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 used the most in the past day, uh, based on my my needs and what I've used, you know, with the original apps, have been Designer and uh, Publisher. We can start with Designer, I guess, because I feel like at least based on the little bit I've I've used it, it's not it's different. There are new features, but it's not um, you know it's iterative. Yeah, the, the like changes the, are um, you know. I'm on the tech specs page, and they do list a ton of new features, like uh, the ability mm-hmm. to, yeah, AutoCAD, DWG, DXF, import, place, and yes. edit, maintain layer structure. That seems like could be a big deal for some people. Yeah, yeah, that's and I think that's one. You know, it's not something I've ever used, and, and don't expect I'll have need anytime soon. But yeah, that's you know that's something uh, that they've done a good job of. I think with other with the other apps is just making sure that they can import the different file types. Um, you know, it's like they're aware of what their users need, and they've seemed very responsive on their forums. Uh, you know, as far as listening and, and taking note of what people are asking for. Um, so yeah, that's great. The user interface is it right that my impression is that it is more more friendly for those that haven't learned the complicated thing that was version one? You know, I, I can't say that I have used it enough in the past day to know what all the differences are. Um, I mean, visually opening the app, I see that it is different. Um, but I'm still, I haven't had enough time with it to see all of the differences and to know whether I was very comfortable. I've been using the first version of the app for so long that, uh, you know, I will say that switching over to the second version the, the, or version two, it's not been difficult for me. Yeah. Whether or not it's going to be easier for people that are coming fresh to it from, say, an Adobe app, I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that is something people say, oh, it's the Affinity apps are too hard to learn. And they're not. 
I feel like that's really not true. I, I think it's like anything. If you have a complex, powerful app like Adobe and you switch over to an equally complex, powerful app like the Affinity apps, um, there are going to be a lot of similarities. The tools that you see on the left are very similar. Um, and that's fairly easy to adapt to. But there are definitely some changes, especially going to the iPad app because it's it's a little bit different from the desktop app because they have to design for touch. And it um, seems like they do more with touch-focused user interface with this version. There's this like quick menu yeah. thing that you can customize what's in there. and Yeah, I, I get the sense. I'll know more after a couple more days. I do get the sense that they've improved. What they've done with the first version of Designer, they have improved uh, with the second one. Um, but I can't... I've not used it enough to really say, okay, well, this is better and this is better and this is better. I just It's just a general impression based on a couple hours of, of, of adapting to it. And um, um, these apps, if you are using the M1 iPad, especially like a one terabyte or above model, it will use virtual memory swap. Um, so it will take advantage of that 16 gigabytes of RAM if you are uh, someone that has all that yes. extra RAM. Yes, they, 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 they specifically call that out on their website as a new feature that they take advantage of the swap. And I I only have the 8 gigabyte of memory on mine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, even with that, it's coming up from 4 gigabytes on the, the 2018 iPad. And it seems, you know, I've noticed it uh, with other apps like Safari, um, you know, just the reloading of stuff never happens. I can go back and forth between apps and it's there's a huge improvement in the way memory is managed. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how how well Affinity has taken advantage of that. Um, it's nice to see that they made it a point though that to do that. Yeah, and uh, something that just I want to note is the apps still are full screen only. Uh, there is no responsive window design, which um, the only uh, thing I I hope one day they figure out is how to go bigger than full screen. So like when you're on an external display and stage manager to make the window even bigger to take up the full, um, say, 32-inch display. Uh, Currently, it'll take up the majority of it. But uh, the way full screen apps work in stage manager is it's it's not a full on external monitor kind of situation. Right. Yeah, I haven't tried it. I'm not running the beta, so I haven't had a chance to use it with an external display to see what it's doing there Uh, but on the ipad i I am running stage manager and i'll tell you it is nice to be able to open up affinity publisher and have the files app next to it and to have it scaled down just a little bit and have files next to it yeah and Um, you could even you could have all three affinity apps open at the same time on in stage manager uh, you know, yeah. the apps will be in the background, but it makes it easy to like go mm-hmm. between them. Uh, right. I wouldn't try to mess with the same. I- I'd love to play with this. I'd love to have the same file open in all three and see if they're like auto updating across all three. Uh, right. Probably, you know, the way um, the sense of it seems to be that when you're working with a file, you have to man. I don't think it does an auto save. Oh, okay. um, so you have to, if I'm using a publisher and I've got a document open, um, it doesn't autosave. I, there's an option to save it. In the, uh, there's an icon at the top left there uh, that has certain commands. 
and save is one of those. And then I close it, and you know, if I then check in files, it has been saved uh, according to the time. Um, and then you can also save it from that. So it gives you the sort of the opening screen in these apps gives you a display of your recent documents that are sort of like meant to be t- open tabs. Um, so, but it is important actually to remember to save your stuff uh, because it doesn't autosave. There might be a background autosave that I haven't noticed yet. Um, but, but yeah, so it seems to play pretty well with Stage Manager, letting you resize the document um, and work with other windows. So that's been really nice because, uh, well, and actually, you know, to come to think of it, the version one apps also played pretty well with Stage Manager. Um, they do because of how Apple implemented yeah. full screen apps in Stage Manager. So in right. Stage Manager, even the settings app, which uh, as notoriously doesn't move at the, at, at window <laughs> size, they do yeah. some display scaling tricks to actually make that right. Happen, which I'm a fan, and of. it seems a little. Yeah, because it, it does seem like the app display is scaled down a little bit. If you don't, you know, however however much you you shrink the window, it does seem to get smaller. And that's actually one thing I've noticed that I would call a bug, um, but I I don't know that it's something that they can change because it's 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 an Apple thing. Is that when you've got your toolbar in Publisher, uh, when you've got a tool that's selected, it gives you a toolbar across the top that's reflective of whatever tool you've got selected. And the three, the three widgets, the three dots for the window are right in the way of that toolbar. They, they sit over the top of buttons and they keep you from using the buttons. So it's tricky. Um, it actually really, it, it, it removes a button. Like you can't select right. underneath the, the, except, and I will say this is something for maybe people to keep in mind when they're using an app like, especially the affinity apps um i find i keep display scaling turned on to keep everything smaller yeah that's uh, the way to do it I, I really think yeah but i will say that uh it it's it makes the affinity apps certain aspects become a little bit difficult um to yeah. tap on because that is a curious thing. Like in some situations, yeah. you might want to turn like the bigger mode on if you just want to like work at Affinity and have bigger icons, right? Yeah, I tried uh, this morning. In fact, I thought um, I was having difficulty with some of the buttons in the. Um, I was looking at the layers, uh, per, the layers uh, studio on the right hand side. They call them studios. The, the the tool sets are on the left, and on the right side, those are called studios. And I had selected the layer studio. Um, and I was having a difficult time tapping with my finger. So I was using the pencil. I thought, well, I'm going to switch it over to the, the larger display. And it only takes a second. The iPad does this sort of respring. It's not a full restart. Uh, but boy, it is so much easier to use the app in that, in that larger interface. Much better. Yeah, because yeah, the app really does, uh, in that smaller interface, it is more of a desktop experience, right? Yeah, yeah. And... As far as the desktop app, have you looked over what's in the Mac version that didn't make it to the iPad for Designer 2 and anything that you wish made it over to iPad? No, I actually haven't even downloaded the uh, Mac versions yet. Uh, so I don't really, I don't have a clue. Other than reading through the website, I did take note of a couple of things that were really minor that where it specified desktop only. Um, nothing that I saw made me really, you know nothing really bummed me out 
So okay. And yeah, anything else to note about designer before moving on? Uh, the one thing I would call attention to, just in terms of the the what they themselves have highlighted as a big new feature, and I I tried it, and I have to say it's pretty nice. Uh, is the mesh tool? It's going to be really handy. Uh, it's like a warping mesh tool for designer that lets you do different different um, different kinds of warping. So there's like a you can take a flat square with some text on it and warp it into what looks like a you know a nice perspective. Uh, of something that going off into the distance, that sort of uh, change. And that was previously not possible with designer. So I think that's going to come in pretty handy. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. can you go over again, like what you use designer mainly, um, or what's one of the things you use as well as publisher? Um, what kind of things are you creating within it? With designer, I mostly am using it for, uh, you know, posters, uh, single page items typically. Mm-hmm. So posters, flyers, uh, postcards, uh, anything like that, that a business card, maybe, um, a logo, anything that could be done just on a single page. Or uh, it's also nice to, if you've got to do different versions, you can do artboards. So it's very handy creating a, a document with maybe five or six or seven artboards for different versions of, of a document. So a lot of times I'll, you know, I might start with a single artboard and, and get it to a certain point. And then it's very easy to just duplicate the artboard and then make changes to a, the second and then, you know, duplicate again and make a third variation. Um, so kind of a nice time saver. But yeah, so s- typically just single page documents is what i use designer for and you know things that require you know uh, you can use photos uh and textures you know based on jpegs or, mm-hmm. or any kind of uh bitmap image will work fine in designer so yeah. that's kind of once that came out i kind of stopped using the photo app because i don't do a lot of photo editing um i think that's the strong suit of of the photo app so i mostly just do all that in designer and because it will easily work with bitmap images i that's pretty you know it's covered everything what's the easiest way to get rid of like a background uh in a photo within could you do this in designer like uh you'll start out with you know ios's magical background removal but there's some cruft around the edges that you want to just clean up. Is that something? Yeah, yeah. There's a a, a persona. If you're in Designer, you can open up the a pixel persona, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's what it's called. But basically, it basically lets you work with a a, a bitmapped image, uh, a photograph, and it's got an eraser tool. Uh, so yeah, that that new feature of of them on iOS to grab a a subject and grab and pull it over. It's so nice. It does such a great job. It's going to be a huge time saver, but yeah, if you need to clean it up, you can just, uh, in, in designer, you just switch over to that, uh, um, different mode, that different persona and the pixel persona. And, and then you're basically interacting with that photo, like you would in, in, uh, the photo app and you can use an eraser tool. There are different tools that they have, for working with backgrounds or just getting in, you know, zoom. One of the super nice things about the iPad on these apps is the ability to just quickly zoom in to the fine, you know, high level magnification. Um, it's so fast to be able to do that and, and then use a, an eraser tool to get to the small edges of things. Nice. Yeah. And um, anything from 
Did you use InDesign in a previous world? Yes. Yeah. Before I switched over to Affinity Publisher, I used InDesign. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant uh, the other one. Um, Illustrator. Illustrator. I always forget that one. Anything from Illustrator yeah. that you wish would make it over one day? You know, for me, I would say the one thing that was missing with the previous version and of I think is also still missing from the new version is the ability to do tracing. Unfortunately, that is not there. So taking an object and turning it from a, say, a photo into, you know, with when you trace something in Illustrator, it basically turns it into a vector object with, you know, different vector components. And there are times when that comes in really handy. And that, that unfortunately, was not added to the new version. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to Publisher. Okay. So... Um, this is exciting. This is very exciting. So the original app came out, what, two, two years ago? Is that about right? Yeah. Two to three. Yeah. Maybe two, let's say. Yeah. And it's for page layout. Uh, can you kind of walk me through how you do page layout with publisher? Like what are the tool sets that this gives you? Like, is it giving you like boxes to put content into or like how, What's kind of the process for creating these layouts? Yeah, it's it's really nice. It is really nice, especially on the iPad, um, because again, the ability the ability to move around a document with your fingers on the screen, uh, scrolling through different pages, uh, or magnifying in, zooming in, or zooming back out. You know, with a with a Mac, you've got to use a mouse or a trackpad, and you're you're tapping, clicking to zoom in, zoom out, or you could use the keyboard shortcut again to zoom in or zoom out. But with the fingers on the iPad, the ability to just, it, it's so nice. But anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I, you start out with the, with the size of uh, the dimensions that you need to create a document and uh, you can lay it out. They've got some nice tools built in to help you lay things out. Uh, you know, of course, you've got your, your sort of typical things like margins, and you can set bleed and all of that. And then they've got different uh, tools that help you sort of determine grids. These uh, uh, master columns. pages is that kind of the? We, yeah, you can do them. You can do master pages, which will allow you to set up, for example, uh, like a page numbers or footers, mm-hmm. um, and you can place objects in that you can fill later. So if you're going to be creating, maybe you're, you've got somebody that needs a newsletter and you want to create a, a template, uh, a design that is going to serve as sort of a template, then uh, you can just lay out your, your objects. I don't tend to work that way. Uh, usually I'll lay out, a, say, a newsletter for somebody. And uh, especially if it's the first time I'm working with somebody, I'll lay it out. Uh, using the actual, you know, they send me content. They might be sending me text, you know, text and uh, photos for the first page and logos or whatever. And I'll lay it out using boxes. Sometimes I'll, uh, one thing I had to, I've gotten in the habit of doing is instead of just putting an image in, um, I might start with an image, but then you can convert that over to a, a, a photo, uh, basically a photo box, you know, mm-hmm. the, a photo frame. And then later on, when you reuse that that document in the future, if you save it as a template, it's fairly easy if you've turned your photos into photo frames 
to then uh, change out pictures in the future. You just drag and drop, and and it'll go right into the box. And you can you can you know resize the photo within the frame as needed, or or resize the whole thing. So you um, add to the document like a placeholder thing that's just like a photo placeholder in. There's text placeholder. Like, what kind of uh, content placeholders exist in in the app? Yeah, there's there's uh, text boxes um, that can be. You can pop in a um, say you want to do multi columns. You might do a single text box that you stretch across a page, and then you can say, "Well, I want I want I want this text box to be four columns." And so there's a tool to say, "Well, divide this this single uh, text box into four even columns," um, or you can put in, you can do different, you know, if you've got a page that's maybe more complicated with different elements, you might, uh, you might do a, a text box and then do a separate text box in whatever size you need and then yet another text box and then link those. Um, it's very simple to link a bot, you know, a text frame to another text frame to another text frame on a page or to another page or what have you. Okay. Um, you so know, this, if you're, if you like, have a bunch of text say you're like writing a magazine you have the article written by the author you can paste that whole thing in and if it doesn't fit it'll continue just through the links yes it'll flow right through to to the end of the boxes you have and if you don't have enough enough room you get to the end of you know maybe the there's more text that you can then add another box and continue linking very cool but yes this, this is a tool that magazines would use is that accurate Oh, ab- absolutely! You could use this. I've, I've, uh, I had a client several years back uh, that I used. Uh, we did a newspaper. You can use this for newspapers, magazines, um, any uh, books. You know, any kind of multi. It's exactly what it's for: is multi-page yeah. layout. And they've really made it easy to insert to to place a text document, and it flows through all the the whole document. Whatever you have linked and preset. Uh, it will flow through it. And the same thing for pictures. If you've got a, a, a page that is, say, five pictures, maybe you're doing a catalog and you've got 10 pictures, um, you can create the text frames beforehand, or the, the photo frames, the image frames beforehand, and then there's a tool on the left for placing, and you can then go in your files app or the photos app and choose 10 pictures, and then uh, it'll prompt you to select the images, and then you go back and just tap, tap, tap through the different frames you have. And with each tap, it does a new photo based on, I think it's the order that you chose yeah. them. Uh, and it inserts them one, sequentially, one after the other. Um, so really quick and, and very nice for uh, the sorts of things you would expect for an app like this, of course. It's not, it's not necessarily that they're doing anything special, but they're doing what you expect. And it works very well so far. And I think this is an... A class of its own on iPad. Am I right? Is there something similar to this on iPad? No, nothing at all. Uh, the only other thing that that I have used that does any kind of page layout is the Apple Pages app. Right, and it's and actually that's very a much more simple experience. Obviously, yeah, it's you know it's gotten really Pages has gotten really. Uh, they've really brought it up to par with the uh, the Mac app, and 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 it's. It's very powerful. It does quite a bit. It's missing certain features, like mm-hmm. you can't do bleeds. Uh, you can't do a, a proper bleed with pages. Um, you can work around that missing thing, but it's not set up. Uh, you can't do printer's marks. You know the sort of things that you expect to do with an app like this. You can't do in pages. So it, it works great. I find that if I've got cli- a client that wants to be able to edit an app, 
and they they're used to using something like pages then it's a great time to switch you know to use pages but for for more advanced stuff i you know definitely publishers is is the way to go and and no there's nothing else yeah it's amazing um adobe hasn't done much here they they do a lot for photographers with photoshop mobile which i hear is pretty good and um lightroom of course but as far as like designer and um, publisher those kind of things haven't even been attempted by adobe yet no they yeah they've yeah they've just got the photoshop and illustrator app i think they do have another uh they have uh they have a very simplistic like layout stuff that's just different yeah, kind of, different kind of like, market yeah exactly and i think they have a video app but no they have nothing like an indesign from Adobe. Yeah, and um, something that I do hope makes it to iPad one day is this book creation and management tool that's only in the desktop version of Publisher 2. And this, you can make books on the iPad, but it all has to live in one file. With the desktop version, you can pull together multiple publisher files. Each file is a unique chapter for that book, and it lets you kind of manage the table of contents and indexes and uh, it, it seems like a very, very well smart out way of creating a multi-chapter book, which is something I probably don't have an immediate need of, but it kind of reminds me of maybe this would be a replacement for iBooks author, you know? Right. Yeah, that is one of the features that's still missing on the iPad. And, and I could see for a particular market where that would be really useful. And in that case, you know, it, that's the sort of situation where you could probably do a lot of the work on the iPad and then open it up on the Mac to to take it to the next level of of actually adding that. Yeah, because basically it's pulling together these multiple files, so you can create all the right. individual files on your iPad. And for the publishing aspect of let's get these chapters all lined up properly, you just do that right. final step at the Mac uh, for the moment. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And I'll say one of the things I was wondering how they would do uh, when it comes to linking to outside documents or, mm-hmm. or you know, say, images, I wondered about how they were going to manage that with the iPad. You know, uh, it seemed to me, my own lack of imagination and technical knowledge, I, I wondered how well that would work. And I'm happy to say that, you know, if you if you open up a publisher file and you set, you can set it as a default that it prefers linked items mm-hmm. which i find that with the stuff i do that's usually best because if you've got a lot of images in a document a document's going to become pretty large in file size and a bit unwieldy and it's really nice would that also let you edit the linked file say in a photo editing app and then it'll just automatically update well, yeah, but you don't necessarily need to do that. That's with the magic of hopping over to the, say, so I have a, a file with five or six or 10 different photos and maybe I want to go in and tweak them a little bit. Um, I, and they're, they're linked files. Uh, they're linked photos. I can actually go into the photo persona. Right. And make the changes there and then hop back into the primary publisher persona. And I believe it only saves those adjustments to what is on, you know, into the local copy. Yeah. It, if you go into the files app and look at the original document, the original photo, it doesn't appear to have been saved or changed by doing it that way. Okay. Um, which is fine. That's, yeah. that's fine and dandy. Um, uh, as long as it lets me make the changes in the document and, and it lets me, you know, export that, then there's no issue there. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, having having the the ability to do linked documents is going to be very nice for sure. So, or linked linked photos. Yeah, and um, custom tables I'm noticing are a thing. Um, yeah. That's very nice too. I've got a newsletter that I do that requires tables, and the table tool and publisher is pretty good. I haven't tried out the new version on 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 the iPad yet to see if they made any changes, but on the Mac, using the tables has been pretty good. Good, yeah. So, I, anything else on publisher? Like this is, um, yeah. There's a lot lot in this app, but I'm not. I need to spend more time to. Uh, yeah. To well, yeah. I think you can. Yeah, we can only really scratch the surface because there's so many, there's so much to an app like this that just providing a, an overview is probably enough to, you know, I will say that it is almost on feature parity with the Mac version. From what I can tell, they're very, seems like there are only a few things that were left out. And when I will say that, you know, when you're using the, the iPad version, it doesn't feel like you're using something that is just partially there. It's the full thing. And the only real difference is that the interface is optimized for touch. And again, just to point out that it is better probably to, to at least try it in the uh, larger view instead of the zoomed view. Yeah. Um, I think that's something to consider when you use it. And uh, there's, I'm noticing a few bugs, that, but they're pretty good about getting things worked out. There are some issues with fonts I'm finding that uh, you can import fonts mm-hmm. to the Affinity apps directly. So you don't need like a third-party utility. There, there are third-party utilities that you can add fonts uh, that will be available in all the apps on an iPad. Or uh, you can use the Affinity tool for importing fonts. And they'll only be available to the Affinity apps. But if you import a, a font into Publisher, it will be available to Photo and Designer as well. Uh, but I'm finding some bugs with the font so far, and hopefully they'll get those fixed soon. I'm sure there'll be some growing pains. Yeah. And uh, is that through the add-ons ability within the account, or is that separate? Uh, the, well, the fonts you do through the preferences. Okay. And the uh, add-ons like brushes and stuff, I think you do that through the like the when you open it up, you can go over to the store. There's an option to kind of click through to the store. I forget now where that is. Oh, and there's also a really nice built-in uh, photo stock app. It taps into Pixel. What is it? Pixel Bay. I think there are two options. Two yeah. s- sort of free stock photos that you can tap into, and and really nice for say doing newsletters. Uh, in the publisher app to do just it's built in you tap over and you can pull the images over that you need excellent yeah and as far as the final output this is page layout um if you're making a magazine or newspaper it sends these files off in appropriate formats and you just kind of have to find the right printer to do this work for you yeah i you know i typically send everything off as as pdf Mm -hmm. um unfortunately it doesn't let you export uh indesign which would be nice. Hopefully, they'll add that at some point to be able to export an InDesign IDML file. It does let you import InDesign IDML files. Okay. And it lets you, it does a really good job, the Mac version, and I assume the iPad version, uh, does a great job of importing PDFs and turning those into a really nice starting point. So if you've got a client that has an old newsletter, you know, for example, they send you a PDF, you can import that into, uh, assuming it's not a flattened PDF, of course, uh, you can import it into Publisher and and get going with, with 
you know, certain things will be a bit odd um, where it's combined different elements, maybe with drop shadows or something. Um, so you might do, need to do a little bit of work, um, but it does a great job of importing PDFs. Excellent. And um, what's the situation of all the designer, um, Adobe designer, um, like templated? I know you can like purchase these like book covers that you can like modify and stuff. I wasn't sure if that situation's any better uh, these days. I don't know. I haven't done any of that. Okay. Uh, if if it's, I assume if it if you can purchase something that comes in a format. Uh, either, uh, say the InDesign IDML file can be imported if it, if it's in a PSD file or, you know, something, uh, the Affinity apps do a great job of importing all, uh, many of the Adobe app file formats. Um, but I haven't, I haven't done any of, of that specific. Okay, cool. Um, and then finally the photos app, um, this is the one I'm going to be diving a lot into as I'm diving more and more into photography, as people have heard in the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, right, right, yep. And this is one of the only tools, both the original and this one, that allows you to do HDR and focus stacking. So if you take a series of photos, like on a tripod, different exposure or focus uh, focuses, you can stack those, and it does this really great merging of those, um, where it'll actually, even if you're not on a tripod kind of get crop out you know it'll do a smart crop thing where it combines everything appropriately and makes these stunning photos out of them which is really great right nice yeah i i i yeah i haven't used it i I, i'm not likely to use many of those advanced features myself i'm sure you'll you'll learn all that more than i have yeah but all i can say is the user interface seems much more pleasant to work with and Mm -hmm. um it is something that I do need more time to dig into. Um, it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it, it does. This new version works much better with raw is my understanding for non-destructive editing mm, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a whole different raw mode, I think. Yeah, they do. And uh, lets you bounce back and forth between you can do raw edits and then go back in and make other changes and then retu- return to the raw edits, which I guess previously that wasn't possible. They've got, I think they call it linked or embedded of the different Yeah, you can basically uh, modes. develop these raw files and then once you develop it, it, you can then work on top of that. But if you want to go back, you can just like, let's redevelop this and change some of the exposures or, or whatever you want to change there. Um, which right. Is really, really, really nice. Um, yeah. You know, actually something to suggest for all these apps, um, now that I'm thinking about it, is if you need to use the built-in help system, they have a really nice built-in help system. But it is really difficult, especially in that zoom, in the in the smaller uh, mode on the, the iPad Pro it makes reading it really difficult. So again, if you want to use the built-in help system, you want to probably switch to the larger uh, non-zoomed uh, or you know more space, less space. Just be willing to change that. Um, and I bring it up because it, it, you know, I think that they have a lot of the tutorials are online. So you might be able to find it there. I don't know if they have like a complete user manual um, duplication online. I know that they have YouTube videos, amazing YouTube yeah, tutorials. Those are great. Which, and they're out for version two. And I would encourage everyone yeah. to walk, watch through them to give you just a foundation level of understanding of these different apps. 
Um, cause they're really yeah. well done. They're not, they're, they're long enough, but not like five hours long, you know? Um, you could probably right. watch all of one of the apps within an hour. You know, there's probably five or six currently for each app. Right. Yeah. In fact, they cover the reason I thought of it was because in the, I only watched one, but it was the one that was on Photos app. And he was talking about the different raw development uh, modes. Yeah. So. That is the one I actually watched as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, and, and one thing I was, I kind of was trying to find where it was in version two was the stacking. And something um, I noticed in the video is when you're creating a new document, um, you can tap and hold, and that's where some of the stuff is hidden away. If if, if the new icon has a little um, triangle in the corner, that means there's something that can be tapped and hold to uh, to dive into more options there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's where that's where it was those kinds of things where I was finding it difficult with my finger in that smaller uh, view to tap on uh, did you have any difficulty tapping into some of that i didn't um but i should say i, I didn't but i i mainly use the trackpad so um <laughs> there oh that. okay yeah. right right yeah yep but yeah they have specific uh, ipad tutorials so for photo there's um exporting command controller and the command controller is really cool this is like Imagine the surface um, knob thing as a touch mm. thing that you can um, pull up, and that seems something mm-hmm. that I need to dive more into. But it seems like a really good use of touch. And, um, and yeah, you're talking is. about the small the small uh, circle that you can use that allows you to choose shift and command the different yeah. shortcuts. Yep. Yeah. That's I, I played with that this morning because, like I said, I, I'm mostly m- – well, not mostly, but I'm, I've been using it as a tablet uh, without the keyboard. And, and yes, that really is nice to activate that. And say you're wanting to select multiple objects, you can activate that and hit the shift and then just – it acts as though you're holding down your shift key. Um, or maybe you're selecting a bunch of text and you want to do uh, non-continuous text selection. So you would hit the command and it kind of just like you would expect if you're holding down the command key, you can then select different bits of text. Very nice. Yeah. No, it's it's great. And um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, dive into the YouTube videos. Uh, there are the manuals that you can kind of read through as well. But I find video is a much better way to, to learn these apps. Yeah. And, th- and just... I guess just start with a um, a goal in like how do I do this and you kind of learn it that way as well of having a project and trying to figure out what's needed to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have done such an amazing job with the documentation and the user guide, whether it's the built-in or the YouTube. Uh, I don't know what's on the website. Other, than, I started looking this this morning on the website to see what they had. Uh, just because I was curious if they make it available in, in something that's a text adjustable. I'm surprised. That would be one thing I wish they could add in that, in that help section because it is so thorough. There's, there's surprisingly no setting to increase the font size. So anybody that has any difficulty with small text is going to struggle. Yeah. But, but yeah, but they, the YouTube stuff that they've done is just amazing. And then if you do purchase these apps, I'd encourage you to go to the website for the add-ons. There's this, uh, there's a lot of free brushes you can just claim if you're an owner of version two. So go on mm-hmm. there and make mm-hmm. sure you 
get all of the free stuff that you can to add to the apps. Yeah, lots of lots of really nice brushes and textures. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's stuff you can you can buy as well, but there's there are a lot of free ones to start with. Yep. Yeah. And uh just a very powerful suite and very exciting that this is all out on iPad. It was interesting for the M2 iPad introduction we all saw as part of the what's uh, what pro apps they're featuring for M2 and Identity uh, Publisher yeah. 2 was listed as one of those apps. And it was curious to me, Publisher 2, we don't know Publisher 1. So it's a, and it makes perfect sense now why it is 2 versus 1. It's like everything's on version 2. So that that's why. Yeah. All the people that, that if you follow the Affinity forums, there have been just a whole bunch of people just chomping at the bit to get publisher for the iPad. So uh, as little leaks were happening, uh, screenshots and stuff, uh, before they made it official, people noted screenshots with publisher. And so there's been a lot of excitement um, to, to have it released. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's super nice, especially with all of the... The sort of the that narrative that oh there are not enough pro apps on the iPad and uh, now we have yet one more that is there that you know it it does the job. Yeah, I really want a, a project to stick my teeth into. To like I don't know, like you know, photo books that I can do more with than just the simple photo book apps out there. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, I gotta explore. Yeah, I just had a big, uh, big project I, I used a publisher for on the Mac, and I, I was thinking, oh, I wish it had come a week later. I would have enjoyed doing it on the iPad. But yeah, but actually, it's it's nice. One way to learn uh, is just actually they have lots of for learning. You can also they have lots of uh, samples to mm-hmm. to note. You can just grab some of their samples and play with them uh, if you're new to to a particular app, or you know if you just want to explore. Uh, the samples are a great starting point for learning, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm looking. F- yeah, I would think it'd be a fun if you're just wanting to learn too. It would be kind of fun to like, uh, just for your own personal use, forever. Just like take a website you love, like maybe Daring Fireball, make a little magazine uh-huh. out of the week's worth of posts, uh, you know, add images and stuff, and make it just transform that text and kind of like play around. With sure, that. it's yeah, like it's as a, a way practice- to learn, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a great way to practice. Yep. Well, uh, anything else yeah. before we wrap it up? Uh, I feel like we've had an, covered a nice overview. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so, um, a good starting point. Denny, where can people find what you're up to online? Uh, I have a, a website, beautyguycreative.com is where I do my my uh, sort of my services type stuff. Um, and then I have a less less professional uh freeform blog at uh beardystarstuff.net and um i'm also on mastodon and i've got links to mastodon from both of those excellent well uh thank you so much uh for your time today um it's it was an exciting uh week when we uh, had this drop and yeah. i wanted to chat with someone as soon as i could and i i remembered back from when we chatted last about it. i know you're very much into these apps so Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast talking to you. Well, that's my interview with Denny, all about Affinity version 2.0. Make sure to check out his stuff over at beardyguycreative.com. And you can support this podcast over at patreon.com slash iPadPros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.